Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, check this out. This is Chuck, the public enemy. Yo, what up, world? This is Wordsworth. This is Nino Gray. Hey, what up, peeps? It's Dynasty, a.k.a. your girl, D.Y. Yo, this is the legendary cocaine. Yo, what up? This is DJ Newmark, a.k.a. Uncle New. From Jurassic 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the friendly neighborhood baritone from Jurassic 5 and also motley fame, Mr. Charlie Tuna. Right now, you're listening to The Library with Tim Einenkel. And you're now rocking to The Library with Tim Einenkel. You are tuned in right here, right now to The Library. Keep it locked with Tim Einicle. And you're checking out the library with my main man, Tim Einicle. And you're listening to the library with Tim Einicle. And you're checking out the library with Tim Einicle. And you're listening to another great, incredible, spectacular interview on the library with Tim Einicle. You are right now in tune to my man, Tim Einicle, at the library on rapstation.com. On the one and only rapstation.com. On rapstation.com. Right here on rapstation.com. Keep it right here. Peace. Let's get it popping, y'all. Artifacts. Peace, Elder Sensei. I'm out. On www.rapstation.com. Struggle, the boy in the plastic bubble. When I drink away the pain, I guzzle. My life is like a complicated mathematical puzzle. For real, seeing death twice. This ugly motherfucker, man. But you conversate with him and you suffer, man. Let go of the pain. You'll never rock the mic again. Your choice, love to the rain of 20 Viking. I kind of likened it to awful tricep. PTSD is the fourth studio album by Farrell Launch. It is set to be released on April 15th under his independent label. War Media in partnership with Duckdown Records. The guest includes uh, Black Thought, Talib Kweli, Step Kids, Vernon Reed, and many others. Production by Lee Stone, Marco Polo, Farah Monch. Thanks for joining me on the library on rapstation.com. And Andy, don't stop with Chuck D. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Cool, man. Uh, so, you know, PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, uh, you know, obviously tackles many issues like depression, addiction, stresses after traumatic experience, dealing with PTSD while having to live life. That you do greatly in the song Times Two. I realize we only have limited time here. Dudes on my line trying to sell me a timeshare. That'll be me with a nine losing my mind in Times Square. Like, this is how you're going to treat me? You know what this business was before you hired me? A piece of shit. Everybody on the floor right now. Everybody get the fuck down. So why use this kind of subject to tackle uh, the depths of depression? I think 
just following an album, Cold War, where I was uh, being outspoken against police brutality, social issues, uh, just uh, healthcare issues in, in terms of my theories and my conspiracy theories and things of that nature. I wanted to get into the repercussions of what's that like coming back off of that album being the renegades. The acronym for the album was We Are Renegades. And uh, not just use it as some provocative title that's fashionable now because it's on the lips of politicians, but more so as a challenge to get into the depths of uh, myself introspectively put my vulnerabilities on the record as well. I've dealt with depression in uh, in a state where um, the, the most severe uh, coming out of a state in the hospital for two weeks with the asthma and just being on heavy medication, uh, steroids and prednisone, treating my, my asthma, you know, um, I came out of that left like feeling heavy and uh, really feeling the effects of the, the side effects of the medication and really, really, really spiraled down and didn't come out of it until um, I happened to go to a dentist appointment and I wrote, um, you know, on the forms, the medications I was taking. And the dentist was the one who kind of like picked out that the the cocktail of medications that I was taking, he pointed out to me the severities and the side effects, and I, I just like melted in the chair and started started bawling. Like I didn't even know what was was causing me not to process normal information or issues that I would normally process. I was having problems with that I was going to my family and friends like, "Yo, I don't know what's happening," but luckily it, it was pointed out, you know what it was, and I called my doctor, and he was like, stop taking the meds immediately. But nonetheless, even though it was from that spent, I was able to feel the realization of what that feels like uh, to not sleep for four straight days, five straight days, and to just be down and heavy and feel this darkness and not really know where it was coming from. So I, I, I liken that to what people experience on the depression depression side every day or dealing with it or medicating for it as well as anxiety and as well as the other issues we face, you know, in these neighborhoods in New York and Chicago, the teens dealing with the violence and not just from a soldier aspect, like from an everyday aspect. And uh, that's why I went with the title to really talk about where I am because as an independent artist, I know I'm rambling. As an independent artist, it's like I still got to uh, fund these videos and this marketing, make these stickers in this trip and still push. It's a boutique business, but uh, you got to get up and you got to open that door in the store, you know, to sell that product. And that, that picture is not always what, uh, get depicted in the media that how rap is depicted, you know, 
the, the glory side is, is hard work too. So I wanted to just come at it from that angle. I think like I mean one of the things I appreciate many things about this album and many things about your work is that like you just mentioned you don't you're not you're just not tackling PTSD uh, from war vets you're tackling you're pretty much tackling people who get PTSD from just living life you know um, so obviously you you just mentioned the personal as side for you also how much how much uh, additional research did you have to do going into this album. I watched documentaries. I listened to people. I understand what the root cause of uh, the, the the symptoms are or the syndrome is. And uh, immediately I was like, you know, man, like I remember seeing someone get shot in a club or people get, someone get shot in a neighborhood or just, a number of things that you may encounter growing up in South Jamaica, Queens. Uh, and uh, it's just taken as this is, this is what it is, you know, when you don't know any other, any other way or any other things to see, you know, and, and title people from that to, you know, uh, car accidents or experiencing death in the family in an unexpected way. How do people go through those experiences and make it through and deal with those voices is something that has become more culturally, you know, discussed in a black community in the in the latter years than it was ten years ago in terms of that type of health and mental health and emotional health. Uh, you know, even in America and in American culture in general, it's become, you know, readily discussed. I was watching one of the doctors, one of the TV doctors who's on in the media quite often. He was just saying, full of his medical experience, he just started really uh, dealing with the voice in his head that uh let's say you know pressured him and said you're not achieving fast enough you're not where you should be or you're behind where you should be or you're not working hard enough you know he was saying how now psychologically he he deals with that on the norm like it's not even a not normal thing to do to go inside those <clears throat> those chambers and I deal with it that way. And I just feel like a record like this is a challenge, one, writing, because it's always difficult to, to be that vulnerable and expose those things, as well as, uh, you know, I want to show, first and foremost, I want to show people that it's not just me. Oh, PTSD should be four letters that's easy for people to remember. You right, know, right. It's real shit. Actually, I want to, and you, you kind of touched on it in, in that last answer, but I want to go into the song uh, Losing My Mind. 
And I was wondering, is this a commentary on how class in general deals with mental health issues, or is it more on how race deals with mental health issues? And then how how can we get people talking about this? I feel both. You know, I feel the family psychiatrist is readily available, or you know that that's something that's dealt with in your family, and it's not an issue. You know. Uh, then it's a class thing as well, and then some uh, financial thing as well. Uh, you, you're talking about, in some instances, you know, people who appendixes are exploding because they don't want to go to the doctor or they can't afford or they don't have health care to go and see what this pain is about. Not alone, you know. I'm having trouble sleeping or I'm not making my grade and I'm I'm feeling antsy and, you know, I think I may have had what is a panic attack, like that type of uh, discussion is pushed to the side, you know, and I, I, I think it, it does have a lot to do with class too sometimes because of the, the healthcare issue here in, in America. And then also, you know, culturally, it's like, yo, you know, you got to strap up your bootstraps and pull your pants up and deal with what you got to deal with in impoverished neighborhoods. And it's, it's nice. We already are dealing with this. And so, you know, if you're talking about your head, then what are we really talking about? So, you know, I think in past years it was, uh, frowned upon. So now, you know, you 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 hear it. Uh, I hear discussions openly in diners, in the hip hop community at, mm-hmm. at hip hop shows. Like, you know, I got to go out and get some air. It feels like I'm having a panic attack. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, right. it's part of the fucking language now. Even like, I mean, especially in New York City, you hear, you know, openly people talking about going to their therapist, you know, like, exactly. it's, it's not a whisper anymore. It's like, you know, you could walk down the street and you're like, I'm going to my therapist today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking to Faramont's latest album. Newest album is uh, called PTSD, out April 15th. Uh, another layer of the album, PTSD, um, is talking about the experience of black black males in America. So I have two questions. So which America did you write this album for? And then what do you what do you want or hope the world listener to take away from this album? Well, I didn't I didn't write that piece on my bio, so I'm not even gonna I mean, this this my I wrote this for music lovers and for you know the the, the from a director's perspective of people who wanna take time and listen to an entire album and who just enjoy uh, that type of writing, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's for, I think, millions of people would would welcome and enjoy and uh, uh, be glad to champion this record. The problem is 
getting it to them and the marketing, and that's why you you interview and that's why you do shows. But I I think it's one of my best written albums. And uh, in terms of who listens, I never think of that when I'm creating in terms of uh, culture or class or race or whatever. It's just, you know, this is for the sci-fi, breaking bad, nerd, you know, music lover. Hmm. Um, I'm going to continue on. Uh, so I, uh, to talk about bad MF, MF um, Chuck D on Twitter wrote, quote, when Blaze voted you, speaking about you, Faramanch, top 50 of all time, I was like, okay, this magazine was legit. And he also said, damn, at Faramanch, damn, this MF is number three on radio, on rap station radio. It ain't a game. He ain't a rook. Uh, what do these two quotes to mean, mean to you? And it seems you have so much respect for the old school rappers. Um, do you kind of, do you partly write for them? Um, you know, it's like an ode to them. There is music just follows this inevitable cycle and then they, they intertwine and sometimes and then it comes back around. I, I think at, at the root of, you know, what good standard quality hip hop is about therein lies public enemy. And I think uh, it should make you move, it should make you dance, it should make you think. It should uh, have, a, have a voice to it and a rhythm. And, um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be political, obviously. But for me, you know, what stood out was the, the blend of the truth, uh, the honesty, and uh, the tone, and then the production's ability to to, to make it sound like rock. Because I grew up a rock fan, and um, you know the the blend and the the layers of sound, and all of that stuff was very inspiring to me um, when I'm going to create. And so I'm trying to evoke that same emotion. It's funny that Chuck gravitated to the bad MF record because, you know, a lot of that influence and a lot of what I learned from, from PE is in that song. Um, you talk about radio, suckers never play me. And you talk about uh, radio stations, I question their blackness. These are questions. You know, and you know, I, I said to myself, let me ask a question on this on this bad MF record. You know, who put these pussies on top? Putting out that pussy music, called it pussy pop. You know, it's in the same vein. I, I want you to think about that that bridge right there. It's supposed to be uh, alliteration with the P's, and it's supposed to sound good, but it's also supposed to make you think. Yeah, who is responsible? The fan, the radio, the artists themselves? Is it just a music statement or is it a statement about the state of uh, where the, 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 the voice of the people, who is that voice now and who 
who is standing up for what they believe in, like Mandela did and Martin did? Who is that person now? And it just seems really flimsy right now. So the aggressiveness of that record kind of forced me in a direction to say, you know, um, I think I think a lot of these people are posers. Right. You know? Right. I mean, rap music is now, you know, the new pop music. So it's really just kind of, it's not about knowing the culture. It's about trying to make the quick buck, right? Yeah, exactly. Fucking around, but they don't know just who they fucking with. I'm a bad motherfucker, man. Universal, worldwide. You know my There's obviously so many good tracks on this album. I want to ask you about all of them, but um, so I want to kind of continue on. Um, Rapid Eye Movement featuring Black Thought. Um, it appears to take us into a, like, a lyrical session of a therapeutic technique known as EMDR. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where a patient follows a therapist's hands movement while recalling a disturbing event. And when I listened to it, and um, I was imagining like an EMDR session where you are just kind of spitting from all what's going on in all parts of your brain. Uh, is this the way you wanted us to hear the song? And also what was the writing process like on the song working with black thought? The whole record is up to film and I'm casting for music. And I'm casting for actors and, and I need to write people. When I got that music, I was like, I only want one person. I want one person to play this role I want one artist, and that's Black Thought. You know, uh, I mold around some other ideas, you know, and um, I, I stuck on uh, casting him, so to speak, because I already knew that Rapid Eye Movement, for me, should be uh, this, like you said, sporadic. Well, here's a thought. There's another, I'm, I'm fucking crazy, I'm mad, and here's something that I wouldn't normally say if I wasn't in this dream state, and uh, here's another thing I wouldn't normally say, oh, you know, um, but making sense, that's the style of it, and then uh, I needed someone to come in, same intensity, same skill level, but then he has so many lines that draw you in and stop you and make you respond. Oh, you know, and he brings it back home. Like, like I knew he would do as well as, uh, this song is, um, mentally what's happening is, um, as I'm trying to, you know, still make these statements out against what I think is wrong and, bad enough, you know, there are consequences to that. And so even the video that we're doing, you know, the goons come out and they, they beat my ass for saying what I said. And so recruiting black thought is like, Hey, I need some help. I can't, I can't fight this fight on my own. That actually gets me into another question. I kind of was going to ask you a little later, but, um, it's definitely a concept 
kind of an overarching approach to each of your last two albums, but also, of course, this one, PTSD. It seems you're very selective with who you collaborate with. Um, I was wondering what's the, what's the relationship bet- is between the collaborators and your artistic process. Like, do you already know? I mean, do you do you uh, have an idea of who you want to work with prior to it for all your all the albums or? Does that change based on how I guess the album grows? Yeah, it, it definitely definitely changes as the album is growing. You know, it's like it's never a situation where I'm like, Hey man, I need you to put spit sixteen on this beat. It's always usually something that's centered around some type of concept. And you could take it there and, and you could do what you want. And the artists always have has that liberty, but I would, you know, I always I'm like, we're assassins, we're the last of the assassins, and this is what's happening, so on and so forth. With rapid eye movement, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a dream sequence in my head. I'm I'm going in, and I'm trying to spit ferociously. I just need you to conjoin the rhymes together. So whatever I say last, you know, I need you to come after that and and join in right after me, you know? I want to continue on. I mean, you work with, you know, there's a lot of people you work on with the, uh, with this album. Um, with uh, the track Dream, you work with, uh, it features Talib Kweli. I know you guys have done a, worked have known each other for quite a while, obviously, and, you know, has have done a few collaborations together. Um, for the listeners, what what is it about Kweli as an MC uh, that, you know, makes you want to continue to work with him? Kweli is just the standard of the consummate lyricist. Pushes the envelope. Hardworking. He delivered on that song and a way that brings it to a whole another level. And it's it's not just uh it's not just so I could spit rapidy rap, lots of uh you know, lots of syllables. It's always I have a pers- he has a perspective on it. And the perspective feels good. Hey, you know, I I lost my ability to dream because I was smoking so much weed mm-hmm. that I wasn't even with myself anymore and I was out of myself and I had to stop in order to relax and, you know, feel what it was right to get feel what it was like to get back inside myself again and experience, you know, what did I what did I dream about when that when that happened? I dreamed of color things and rain you know, his approach to writing is what I enjoy as a fan mm. as well as uh, you know his work ethic outside of the studio on the stage on tour 
with the label and so on and so forth is an example, you know what I'm saying, that, that right. every every artist can follow. Five o'clock in the morning, just getting home from last night's performance. When I'm dead tired from touring, I hit the coffin. I'm like a vampire required to stay dormant. Out of the range of sunlight, would a doubt it remain? I used to smoke so much weed that it clouded my brain. I took a break, had to find life's meaning again. Without the smoke in my lungs, I started dreaming again. I dreamed of candy-coated cars and panties that go with bras. Hurricanes named Sandy and Flip on the Noah's Ark. Police will bleed blue because they staying true to the uniform. And Dennis Rodman in North Korea looking for unicorns. The truth is I'm one of the best. And when you snooze, that's when you meet the cousin of death. So when I say I never visit the cousin, I don't sleep. I stay awake to the ways of the world because shit is deep. You know, one thing I I appreciate, uh, I mean, you know, one, one thing I appreciate as a fan of yours is when when you step out of being Faramanch and you rhyme in the point of view of like a different person, an object, a place. You know, you've done this in songs such as When the Guns, right. when the guns Are Drawn, drawn sorry, uh, Stray Bullets, In Vitro, Hate, What Is Law, Mayor. Is that, I mean, is that, is that. Why, why, I, I curious. Why, why do you? Why do you? Why is that something that you like to do? I mean, is it a challenge? Is it just a better way for you to tell a story, kind of as if like in tradition of a slick of slick Rick, uh, or is it just a way for you to thrive on your creativity? I think it's a it's a way early on that I was like, um, it's just uh, we're so boxed in, you knowing hip hop to I. Some of this, some of that. I have this, I have that. I do this. I said that. And, you know, early on in my career, I'm like, well, you know, just reading, that's, that's going to limit, you know, the elevation of where this is when writing poetry and, and the literary sense is just so vast. There's no end to you know, what you can create. And so <clears throat> I was, when I was like, oh, let's write this record straight bullet. Let's give a voice to what would the bullet say? What would the unborn baby say? You know, I, I knew that that would kind of catch people off guard. But at the same time, it's, 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 it's really not deep to me, you know, um, because I grew up reading Marvel and watching Star Trek. So uh, none of that is like far steps to me in terms of uh, writing. You're always, if, if you were a fan of what if from Marvel, you know, that book challenged you to be like, what if I split into two people and I battled <laughs> myself? What <laughs> if, you know, it's ongoing, you know? And I thought, I, I, I thought, experiencing, you know, my my uh, English teachers used to tell us, you know, all oh, these books are fucking terrible for you uh, to read and to stay in the New York Times and that's it. We require that you read the Times every morning. And I got it, I get it. But at the same time, a lot of that stuff really challenged the imagination and even... Uh, came to fruition when you're talking about telecommunicators and uh, Captain Kirk popping to open some communicator and he's talking to the shit wireless. Like, people were looking at that shit like, what 
and the hell are we watching right now? But that's where, you know, the things are based in, in terms of technology, or if you're talking about being ahead of your time, per se. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I mean, watching Nightcrawler teleport and trying to figure out, you know, what he was doing while he was teleporting. Uh, I know I did that. I was, like, trying to imagine what the hell I would be doing and stuff like that. Exactly. It's um, like the book where, you know, he, he can't blindly teleport, uh, obviously, because he could wind up fucking stuck in a wall somewhere, and you're like, that's crazy, you know? <laughs> right. And and so, you know, now I'm 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 going to write something, and I I'm not supposed to want to give people that same effect, and I'm supposed to be like, look at my jeans, look at my shoes, look at my car, I paid my do like, I just never wanted to write that way. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of, I mean, speaking of obviously stepping outside of Faramanch, uh, you've done the Bullet trilogy where. Um... We first heard the bullet, you know, the first song, Straight Bullet, in 1994. Let the trigger finger put the pressure to the mechanism, which gives a response for the automatic. Click to release projectiles and single file, causing me to ignite and travel. The second installment, 2007, when the guns, guns draws. Good evening, my name's Mr. Bullet. I respond to the index when you pull it. The trigger, so make a note, take a vote. Quick man, nicknames, quick oats, cuz what domestic violence a coke bill? See, I lust to change, brain matter to oatmeal, and when I kill kids, they say shame on me. The f- told you to put their names on me. And now the last installment is on PTSD and damage. They cut them hammers, wave them llamas, but that's that in front of the camera drama. When the cameras are attached to dollies, I call them dolly llamas. Did you, when you started writing, did you know this was going to be a trilogy? And. Why spread it over 20 years? It's it spread out because, you know, I, I got to find the music. When I when I heard Denon Porter's When the Gun Draws, uh, he had the chorus on that song already. First the gun draws and you know something's happening. And I was like, um, yeah, this would, this would be a perfect... Uh, template or uh, canvas for uh, gangster rap but again I was like I wonder if you could flip this concept again and you've done it already and that's already a challenge and uh, you run the risk of being redundant and so it was a challenge so this time I was like Let, let's talk about it from the perspective of the countless amount of important leaders and King and Kennedy and assassinations and what were those bullets thinking and let's talk about it from that perspective you know for everlasting fame, I will main those who change the gun laws. Cause post-traumatic stress disorder, accent event I work with. My purpose catching bodies like safety nets at the circus. Ooh, listen to the way The trilogy's over, uh, but obviously gun violence uh, still plagues, um, you know, the United States. Um, so how else, how else does Farrah Monch draw attention to uh, gun violence? 
I mean, uh, I think it's a, it's a touchy topic because we make it out to be, and I, I think it's something that could be simplified, but because of private corporations and NRA and, you know, uh, they, they have their side as well. And I, I just feel like when our forefathers were like, hey, man, you, everybody should have a gun in case someone comes on your land and tries to steal your property as we move this country westward is a difference than Brooklyn, New York in 2014. Right. And so, you know, it's like instances of Sandy and these mass murders in movie theaters is just like, can I, can I, can we agree that, uh, you know, multi-fired automatic weaponry at least shouldn't be available to right. the public? Can we, <laughs> can we disagree with that? You know, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand what the argument is when it comes to things like that. Right. Or, or at least put like a safety on it. You know, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Um, I want to kind of continue. I mean, go back, talk about your to talk about your your kind of your writing process and your how you build an album. Um, you you've done this in each of your uh, first. You've done this in all your albums, I think. Um, where it seems that you put a lot of thought into the first track and the second track. Like and you and you do it in this album where like they seem to all fit perfectly together. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're writing your albums, well, one, are, is, is, do you write track one and track two first out of everything? Uh, is track one and track two usually just one big track that you just split up? Uh, how does that work? Well, it's weird, man. Like I said, uh, the process takes a while because I didn't get uh, time squared and losing my mind till later in the album. Mm. I recorded time squared first with Marco Polo and I was definitely like, oh my God, I know what this is. This is the opening song. It's weird. It makes you feel creepy. He has this fucking weird sound in there. The drum pattern is different. And as it opens up the album, it kind of forces you to be like, alrighty then. <laughs> this is uh this is something going on here. <laughs> and um I I love that. You know, I love that. And then um not until one of the last songs we did was Losing My Mind. Um you know, here we go editing this film and you're like, man, you know, this the story has to make sense. And although I could put these, this this part here and edit it differently, I, I thought it went really good to try and really pull people down. Just musically, even before we get to the lyrics and chorus and content, pull people down musically and let them kind of ease their way 
into this film and really show them that it's uh, uh I'm not trying to get you here to have party songs. I'm I'm serious about this topic and I want to kind of uh you know pull you into the depression, you know. God, where are we? It's what I scream towards the skyline, but probably no one can hear a word of what I was saying. And surge and surge in the temple where I was praying. Now flashbacks wake me abruptly when police pass by. Lights flash. If I could only put the past on a flash drive, I'd for peace of mind install the external drive so I'd be more driven internally to survive. I'm a clock without a man in hand. An hourglass without sand. So I spit. The album uh, PTSD. Uh, for you, what 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 track best represents kind of the mission of the album? <laughs> wow. Um, it, it's, it's it's weird. I think that uh, I think that uh, bad enough is a big record. I think that um, losing my mind. I mean, um, broken again. It's a big record. Mm. And I think uh, Dream is a big record. I think they're very palatable outside of the scope of understanding what this album is about. So aside from the album, I think um, those records are standalone mm. records outside of the concept. And um, that being said, right now... Um, it'll probably be losing, I'm, I'm sorry, it'll probably be broken again. Oh, nice. My favorite song right now, but it'll probably change. Right, <laughs> it'll change once we hang up this phone. <laughs> yeah. um, so what's, I mean, what's what's next for you after, I mean, what's next uh, for Farrah Monch and what's the best way for people to pick up the album and follow what you're doing? Well, the album comes out April 15th. Uh, we're shooting a video clip for Bad Enough. Um, I just spoke to Black Thought. We're shooting a video clip for REM, and um, we're trying to trying to shoot four clips for this album, video-wise. Um, we're doing U.S. dates with a, with a prominent artist. It's not locked in yet, so I can't say who that is. But that should be amazing because uh, I haven't toured the states in a minute, and. Um, you know, this is my last traditional album like this. So enjoy. I think all my work after this is going to be more like singles, EPs, special projects, and working on a project with Georgia and Muldrow, a producer out of female producer, artist, singer out of uh, LA, and uh, you know stuff like that. <clears throat> I think this is the last of the. Battle March full length album. Oh really? Wow. Uh can I ask why? I feel like I wanna give the fans more music more readily that's maybe not in a, in an album form and I have some ideas on how to do that. And uh you know, just just that format. Uh takes me some time to put together, especially as an independent, because a lot of the time spending creating an album is is contingent upon 
other people. You know, Tariq's busy, Taleb's busy, waiting for the engineer that I want to use to finish what such and such album is contingent upon when they finish, as well as I still enjoy going to going in studios and recording vocals. And so it's still a time um, sensitive thing that's not just contingent upon me coming up with ideas and writing an album. You know, uh, a lot of the time with this album is uh, I'm touring still, you know, so uh, a lot of my um, income is touring. So during this album, it's not like I'm like, no, I'm going to take a a year off from touring and, uh, (laughs) you know, so it's not what people think all the time. New album is PTSD. Farrow Monch is the artist. Out April 15th. Uh, Farrow, thanks so much for joining me on The Library with Tim Einekel on rapstation.com. Well, thank you, man. Gotta move on. Gotta let go. Would have opened my eyes if I would have known. After all of this time, took my heart to men that I turn around. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.